is this thing on? Hello, everybody. It's your host, Conscious Keelan, and we're back with another episode of Around the Mat. First, we're going to introduce the guys, and then we're going to get into it. We've got some fun stuff to talk about. Uh, I imagine there's going to be some hot takes on today's episode <clears throat> Fight Sports. Here we go. Introducing first, the man, the myth, the fedorable legend, Brandon McCatherine. Hello, friends and neighbors. <laughs> We've also got 10th Planet Black Belt, as always, Matt Scaff. You know, you guys just need to start introducing me as the returning champion. It's true today. All right. And uh, also Four. joining us for, I don't even know, he's been here a couple times now. We, we got Because Jitsu, Drew Weatherhead. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to bring in some hair game to this ordeal. It's been uh, severely lacking between hats and balds. <laughs> hats and balds. And we have another hat joining us, Stephen Egan. <laughs> Actually, he's both. <laughs> Listen, I was about to say, it doesn't really matter which way I go. It wouldn't have worked for that one. Um, hat or no hat. Dream. Hat. hat. It's coming for you now. All right. So let's take a look at the agenda give you an idea of what we're going to be talking about today and um let's jump right into it we're going to talk about tag team bjj uh there's a lot of different formats for team jujitsu tag team is one of the new ones we all know about quintet let's talk about where tag team falls amongst the team jujitsu formats do you like it do you hate it how does it uh rank amongst them steven let's start with you uh as far as like actual skills and stuff it's silly it's kind of kind of retarded uh, but for entertainment value, it's kind of fun to see somebody run across the, the room with someone like on their back trying to choke them so they can get a tag. And uh, honestly, I, I'm a huge pro wrestling aficionado from the from back in the day. That's why I grapple now. I always wanted to be a professional wrestler. So I'm actualizing my dreams now uh, doing this stuff. So seeing some tag teams, it, it kind of brings back some memories of, you know, the old uh, WWF, WCW days. So I'm a fan of it as some one-offs and stuff like that, but I don't take it serious for any kind of real competitive reasons. True. I feel like you got something to say. Yeah. Yeah. See, um, I don't think that it's necessary. I think what you're seeing is, is the wrong thing. You're looking at it from like a typical tournament standpoint where you're expected that you're going to get like this one V one thing. No, this is training for the streets. Okay. This is real practice. This is what it's about. If you're out there and you've got like your buddy on your, He's on your six, right? He's oh, there yeah, for you. You got you're not just gonna be fighting one person either. You gotta be ready for somebody to jump you from behind. Like this is real <laughs> shit. This is like the slow on-ramp to real street jujitsu. Like you remember when Henzo yeah. said that a good friend doesn't uh or, or, or doesn't have your back he comes in with a flying kick so the next step after this is tag team mma and eventually i hope we get to like tag team war where we can just do it sort of one at a time and tag a guy in you know it's it's a more gentlemanly way to to prepare for real combat he's a tag team <laughs> tag team war <laughs> <laughs> um i think it's kind of fun i think it's kind of fun to watch i have to be honest with you initially i hated the idea i despised it like the very idea of tag team jujitsu grossed me out when i first heard about it but the more that i watch it uh kind of like what steven said like i'm not watching this thing to find out who's who you know like to find out who the man is but it is kind of fun 
just because it's so chaotic and so crazy. And, you know, Pedro Mourinho might get choked after all. Somebody might get on Pedro Mourinho's back and choke him. So that could definitely happen. But as far as, like, do I love to watch it? Am I, am I like, happy to see it as a main event? No, nah, it doesn't make sense to me as a main event. Uh, guys, look, it's a freak show. And when we talk about freak shows, like if we're like really ranking freak shows, I think it falls pretty far down on the list. I would much rather see like three 150-pound females go against one 185-pound dude or something like that. Like I would rather see – like, if we're going to just do, like, hey, we're going to have this, like, weird match. Like, let's make it even weirder. Okay. Now, the thing that I don't like about it is the strategy. And I've seen a few of these matches where the guy will not engage unless he is near his corner. And so you end up in kind of like a weird wrestling match where a guy's trying to, like, drag a guy by his legs or, like, pick yeah. him up and guard and bring him over there. And Real fighting. Yeah, we covered this. Yes, it, it is. Yes. I would rather see if they're going to do something like a tag team, I would rather see the, the rules open up a little bit more. I want to see slams. I would like to see combat jujitsu added to it. Uh, just to Damn, make it even weirder. Look at it's already CJJ, started. This yeah, I think CJJ tag team could be a really big thing, but I, I think it's just – it's. It needs some tinkering to really work. But right now, you, eh, so not the biggest thing. You started with it's too much of a freak show, and then you start bringing in CJJ. Oh. At, at what point do we release lions and alligators? Like, how much no, freak no, no. do we want I in this show? It's a freak show. I just said it ranks low down. I'm all for a freak show, just not the lowest of the like. Uh, if it's okay, well, let me ask the question. Shows. Let me ask the question everybody wants to know is what would be, once it finally gets the UFC, because it's obviously bound to take over, what would be your <laughs> UFC best tag team? Weight class is irregardless. So I want to see uh, Ngano and Connor on a team. Like, what, what's your team? Oh, dude. My team is the Black Beast and Dominic Cruz. Hey, okay. That's a killer combo. I'll take uh I'll take Peter Yan and Serial Gone. He Did called him Serial. He said Siri Gone. I said Siri Gone. <laughs> he pronounces the man's name as Serial. I didn't even Cereal heard Serial Gone, dude. Serial <laughs> <laughs> Gainey. <laughs> hey, but what about this, tag team, this skirmish can we make it a skirmish style instead of tag team i think that's that's the weird part so it's like those russian matches where they're all fighting yeah the well they two already got those like that's the real but that's real like street stuff then that's like two guys fighting each other at the same time it's not like hey bro you got to get over here and tag me in and there's this like artificial boundary keeping them out. So if we're gonna go two on two, let's go two on two. That's different than tag team. Well, we're already in a cage, which is an artificial boundary. Maybe we should just be like one of these um right. these these random events that pop up on your Facebook feed and you're like, be at the park at nine o'clock and whoever shows up fights. Boom. Yeah, 
Yeah, dude, like Anchorman style. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine, though, if you and your buddy got to slap the crap out of the opponent, like for like three seconds, you just hey. you tag your partner in and you both are just, <laughs> just going juggling ham, it back and forth. Just slap, going slap, slap. On, yeah. Y'all are like talking to someone. I was there. I helped write the rules for X Arm. That stuff you see where the guys are arm wrestling and fighting at the what? same time. I was there for what? the pilot. We, I, I helped shoot the pilot. So let me see the pipes. Tell me those, Steven. Oh, I didn't. I wasn't in it for the arm wrestling. I was in it for the for the hitting and kicking and elbowing over the table. I thought that was the fun part. Uh, and you think that tag team's a freak show? I love freak shows. That's my point. <laughs> I'm all about it. All of them. Bring me all the freaks. <laughs> yeah, you got raised by freaks. That makes sense. <laughs> I'm here for it. The freak. It's a circus, baby. Let's go. We're traveling with carnies. All right. We were going to talk about the uh, level of wrestling in BJJ, but Jake Elkins, our wrestling connoisseur, is not here. So we're going to skip that one, and we're going to get to the one that I think all the people want to talk about. Mm. Let's talk about fight sports. What happened? Where do you stand on it? What do you think about it? How do you feel about it? Give me some hot takes. So I'm uh... is the closest thing to a journalist, so maybe we should have a <laughs> breakdown. All right. All right. Um, first hot take. I'm actually really, really happy about it. I'm super excited. I'm super excited about the whole thing. And it's not because of a whole bunch of creeps that are coming out. It's because we are bringing a whole bunch of creeps to the light. And I think that this is going to be good for the community as a whole, because we're going to enter into, if we haven't already, the Me Too movement for the jujitsu scene. And it was bound to happen because you can only get so many creeps in a scene at once before it starts becoming mainstream and it starts leaking into the public eye. And I think that we need to, obviously there's something about uh, martial arts in general, but obviously in this case, jujitsu, where it's some of these people are allowed to reside. Some of it has to do with their in uh, positions of power. The black belt tends to house a lot of uh, people who think they can get away with shit. Um, but whatever it is, we need to build a community worldwide that doesn't stand for that, a culture that is going to out these people because nobody wants to be that person who gets sexually abused. Nobody wants to be the husband, the father of somebody who was doing that. You know, like I've got three girls at home. I'm fucking happy that they're bringing these creeps out into the open. And I hope that um, I hope that it becomes a standard practice, to be honest. Steven? Uh, I agree to the extent that I'm very happy that it's being brought to light, man. It's 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 horrifying to find out that this is so prevalent, I guess I would say, in the community. I don't I don't want to say I'm I'm totally surprised, I guess, overall, because it's it's something that exists in a lot of things, kind of like you're saying that people hide in their in the power structure of black belts or through various organizations where it's like real top heavy uh, in the power structure and stuff like that. Um, it's sad. I remember hearing that story when it happened, like, I think it was 2018 when it first like was reported and was like, yeah. Oh man, that that's, that's horrible. You know, I didn't, I didn't have a daughter at that point, but I, I had a wife that trained and she's always been in the room with me uh, for as long as I've been training pretty much uh, minus like a year. So it's, it's, it's something that I've always been real heavy on correcting in the room. Anytime that there was some inappropriate stuff going on, I felt like I always took it upon myself to kind of be the mad enforcer in that way. I'm not, I'm not a huge, like gonna, taking a stance on this thing in the public or whatever. Cause I don't have all the information on everybody's cases, 
But I think really the, the answer to this stuff is to legitimately handle this shit in the, indoors in your own building every day where you're going. If you see it, if, if people are acting weird or, you know, there, there's there's things that that you just can't overlook. You know what I mean? You don't have to be the social media champion of this stuff, but you champion this kind of stuff in your house, the way that you treat your, you know, your family in front of your kids. Uh, this is a it's a big like it's a problem that's in our culture as as humans right now everything's so sexualized anyway so then so then it's just kind of expected that this is a part of everything that we do uh you know and it's it's sad you know and and maybe i'm like this old geezer guy now who's like wishing for a, a better time where it's like you know nostalgic or something for something that never existed but but that that stuff's not gonna fly and it never has around me i'm not gonna allow uh those kind of people predator behavior people to be around me especially if i if i know that um and the biggest the biggest thing that i've heard from from the the ladies i've spoken to about this kind of stuff is that nobody believes them when when someone says something yeah. nobody nobody actually stands up and and confronts the actual situation they brush it off as oh such and such he's just that way or you know you, it wasn't really what you expected or deflect it to somehow make it the, the victim's fault in some way. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't say because I'm, I'm not the, the guy that can answer all those questions. But for sure, if these things come face to face with you, you you've got to address it. You can't have a known admitted like child predator in your gym. You know what I mean? That, that shouldn't even be your friend. Like, you know, what I mean, that shouldn't be one of the people that you associate with on a regular enough basis to, to you know, what I mean, to have it excuse that behavior. As, you know what I mean? It, it, I don't know. That's just the way I feel about it. And I could speak and rant and whatever for hours about it, but it's, it's disgusting, man. And, I, and I'm glad that, that it's really going to start changing now, I hope. So I want to ask you, Brandon, there's probably at least one or two people that don't know exactly what we're talking about or maybe haven't heard the story. Mm -hmm. Can you just kind of go over like what we're talking about? Yeah, so there are some things going down with some of the leadership at fight sports, which is a jujitsu organ. What do we say? Organization affiliation. Affiliation. Yeah. Jujitsu affiliation. And it's run by a dude named cyborg. And apparently, uh, and I don't, I don't have all the facts of the situation. I just know it's gross. Right. But apparently there was some grooming going down with this dude named Marcel Gonsalves. Is that correct? Gonsalves. Yeah. Goncalves, yeah. Goncalves. Uh, he was grooming this girl, and then when she turned six, like she was a student of his, and then when she turned 16, um, he took advantage of her. It was statutory rape. There's no other way about it. Yeah, sexually molested her. So, yeah, not good. Our, okay, so that's not good. But the the thing got exponentially grosser when we found out. This is, and to me, I mean... It's hard to say that something got grosser than that, right? So don't don't take what I mean, what I say out of context. I know everybody's sensitive about this stuff right now, so I don't mean to downplay that. But I would like to say it stepped up another level because we added other accusations from other black belts from fight sports. So I don't know everybody's names, um, but and then there was some, there was a actual like legit near rape situation at a camp and yeah. that they were doing in Brazil. And Cyborg got wind of all of this as it went down. He was even there for the thing that happened in Brazil. 
and uh, he got wind of all of it, and he just kept sweeping it under the rug. And that's the thing that I just can't understand. I can understand that you had a bad seed amongst you, that he slipped through the cracks. That happens in martial arts schools. That happens in doctor's offices. That happens in public school, private school, church. That There's creepy people in every walk of life. What I can't understand is how you let it slide and kept people from finding and tried to keep people from finding out. I, I can't understand how you let it stay and be a, I just, that's the part that, that I can't, re, I, I can reconcile that bad people do bad things. And then some people, sometimes bad people can fool you into thinking they're good people. I can understand that part, but I can't understand you knew it was wrong and you chose to hide it. And then you played like the good guy with the risk. That part makes it even grosser. Like he was, he's always calling God over the name, over the top of everything he does. And he's always, you know, respect this and honor this. And what he's really doing is he's a coward hiding behind a black belt. And I think it's a shame that we have a dude like that <laughs> running an organization. I, I can't understand sweeping it up, dude. I can't understand it. Well, I would like to ask you, yeah. um, we are lucky. We're fortunate to have Brandon as our black belt instructor. Him and Lindsay run this gym and create a specific culture here. Steven was talking about the kind of culture that he has at his gym. And there's clearly some black belts out there that own gyms that don't have that kind of culture in their gym. Um, if you're a white or blue or even purple, whatever, a young belt training there and you start seeing some things that are kind of weird like how do you go about it like if the black belt there is not doing anything about it like how do you as a student there what do you do well so there's five levels of disgust for me here right so we obviously have the gentleman whether it was the blue belt you know at the camp that tried to rape that uh, poor girl that had come from morocco to f the the fight sports camp in brazil or Marcel, you know, what he did and his victim and then a handful of other, you know, there's multiple names now being thrown out there and a bunch of stuff is supposedly going to come out in the next couple of weeks. But we definitely have multiple cases that are confirmed that we do know something inappropriate happened. So obviously at the top of this, we've got the actual people that are, you know, performing these sexual crimes or grooming. They are trying to take advantage of women. Then we find out about the leadership. Cyborg, particularly, to me, the one that really bothers me the most is the one in Brazil where he just turned a blind eye and ostracized and really made this woman feel like an idiot for trying to get this gentleman arrested. I yeah, mean, talk to her to not like convince her not to press charges. Yeah, yeah, said that she was ruining the camp exactly. Bro. Like, hey, let's just get back to the excursion. Hey, let's just get back to what we have planned. You actually, you didn't actually end up getting raped. So let's just forget all about it. It was a mistake. And she ends up spending the, the last couple of days alone Dude. in her hotel room in a foreign country where she is scared of other camp members and the leadership, the person that she went to and spent all this money to. Like, anyway, so Cyborg, I mean, what he's done, some of the things he's done is just showed his character, you know? 
that like Brandon said, you know, he's a coward and he hides behind, you know, his muscles and his competition career and his, I've got all these affiliates and these black belts, all these people respect me. But in all honesty, this guy is a creep, man. And this guy's not a leader in the community and he's not a leader even for his own students. But then we've got Wagner Rocha, you know, and I put Wagner a level lower because Wagner you know, he's a huge part of this story. A lot of people are furious that Marcel was training at his gym and Marcel was involved filming. Um, man, they're brothers, right? That's how, that's how Wagner, you know, quotes, or that's what he says about Marcel. And he's made some huge mistakes. He's covered up. He's tried to hide the fact that he has this sexual predator predator at his gym. And I think he really thought that with COVID, with things being shut down, that he could kind of get away with this because classes weren't the same. He could kind of introduce him back in. It's been multiple years now. I'm going to see if I can get this guy to become a part of my academy without people noticing. And the moment that it comes out, he's backtracking. He's saying that he hasn't been there. And we all know he's lying because he's got multiple students come out. And we got pictures. There's pictures, yeah. To answer your question, Keelan, the fourth level that kind of disgusts me are all the students there. Because as a blue, as a purple belt, you should have the confidence to go against your leadership when they are doing something that you know is wrong. And that's what we should be teaching as martial art teachers is to teach our blue belts to go, hey, Brandon, you messed up, dude. You're doing something that I don't agree with. I get it. You've taught me this skill, but you've also taught me confidence. And this or this art has taught me to be confident in myself. And I know the difference between right and wrong. And I can't just sit back and watch you know, cyborg as you cover up these things or Wagner as you allow this guy that we know raped an underage girl. I can't allow this to happen, at least as I'm here. Either I'm going to leave or you're going to do something to like, please prove to me that you're the black belt that I believe you are. Because we all train underneath these guys because we believe that they represent something that we want, you know, and that they have something that we want. And I think a lot of these people at fight sports, like I hear it all the time, guys, it's not all fight sports. There's phenomenal people at fight sports. I get it. You know, there's a lot of good people at fight sports, but all of them, all of them are to blame if they are training and they're giving cyborg money and they're allowing, they're turning a blind eye to, you know, these accusations and allowing him to still be the leader of their organization. Wouldn't you say, though, that most of the students this I would feel very comfortable saying this, that most of the students of fight sports, even at that exact location, had no idea what that what was going on. And if they have no idea that they can't be held responsible, you know what I mean? Like, think about like just our students. They don't know what's going on in our personal lives. You know, they don't know what's going on even in the jujitsu world. Most of them, they just come and train. They don't even know who uh, Gordon Ryan or whoever is, you know? 
I think the point that Scaff and yourself was making earlier is that if you realize that this stuff is going on, not everybody has to know it, but if you do, no matter what your skill or or rank level is in the gym, you have the ability and I would say duty to bring it up. If not to the person in charge, then to somebody that can put the person in charge um, in line. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's not acceptable. Look, we live in a society where it's not acceptable. It doesn't matter if it's in a gym or not. It doesn't matter what type of skill level that guy has at tennis or badminton or fishing or jujitsu. If there is rape going on in your gym or in your affiliation and it's, it's obviously being covered and you know that, yes, bring that to attention. Some people were bringing it to the attention of places like Jiu-Jitsu Times. Some people were bringing it to the attention of people like Mohasim who blew it up. Like it doesn't always have to be like... Uh, oh, my, my black belt or my brown belt, I told and he didn't do anything about it. What am I going to do? Like, just find somebody that'll do something. There's people out there, lots of people like us that are willing to talk about this. It's, it's actually blowing up now. Like I said, I'm happy to see this in the culture right now online because people need that type of empowerment because a lot of times, and I'm hearing these stories come out constantly now. It's like, I, I talked to people. I told people they didn't believe me or they just, they forgot about it and it didn't change anything. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? There's, uh, I, I don't want to get into all the stories, but there's people outside of fight sports coming up now. And I think that that's awesome. I think that this is maybe the best thing to come out of this. Like to be, to be honest, I don't really care what this does for fight sports reputation or not. I want this to change jujitsu's culture on a global level. And I hate that we have to even have that discussion about jujitsu because again, I don't know that jujitsu is more infested with it than anything else. Probably and not. The narrative comes along like, oh, God, jujitsu is full of this kind of person. But that's not full. That's not true. Jujitsu is full of amazing people, and it's full of opportunity to change your life for the better in many, many ways. But what it does have, just like every other industry, and particularly an industry where there's a at least a perceived feeling of power or a hierarchy that has to be worked through. And, and I think that that's the real problem that we have in jujitsu. Like, not that this isn't a problem, but I think that that's a, it speaks to a larger problem of power and the hero worship that goes down in jujitsu. And a lot of that, you can like what I'm about to say, or you can dislike it, but you know, it's true. A lot of that comes from the traditions of jujitsu and the things that we hold so dear and that we're not willing to change. And as long as we hold on to those things, like they are sacred in and of themselves, those things are not sacrosanct. Okay. As long as we hold on to those things, we're going to hold on to what those, th why those things are there. And most of the things that we don't like about jujitsu, obviously the situate the subject we're talking about now it makes me uncomfortable even to say what we're talking about if i'm being honest it makes me feel embarrassed and uncomfortable but it's important to talk about it but from the, the situation we're talking about now to some of the silly little traditions in jujitsu such as you don't ask a black belt to roll will you please get out of my face like are you serious that's a rule in your gym you don't ask a higher belt to roll that you know that's like the smallest potential example but it's that kind of thing. You have to bow to your instructor. You have to bow to a picture of Elio. You have to have your uniform set up the way that I say it. You're not a black belt unless you live the way that I say to live. 
Like these are things that have to go. And that's, to me, that's the overall, um, I guess, culture that has to change in jujitsu. Obviously we got to pull any kind of perversion and sexual predation out and those people have to be removed. But there's an issue in the culture that allows that to happen and allows a guy like cyborg to feel like he can cover and to fi- and, and allows people to feel like they can't come forward and talk because they're, they don't have the power to do so. And that I think is the real issue. Well, how many people, so Brandon, you said this, you were like, Hey, how many of the students at fight sports even really knew, right? Even at that school, but how many people have we seen coming out? Now going either like have messaged, you know, one of you guys or have been on Reddit or have posted on Instagram going, oh, I knew this all along. And it's like, <laughs> like what? Like if you knew it all along, then I mean, what does that say about you, you know, and your character and that you weren't willing to kind of be the whistleblower? And, you know, luckily I've never been in that situation where I have a leader that has done this, you know, or, or the, you know, he's covering something up or a leader that has done something horrific, but I just can't imagine being there and like still training and going. And, you know, I mean, I get it. Maybe you didn't want to be the whistleblower, but you still were like, yeah, I still kept training and fight sports with cyborg, even though I knew this thing over here was going on. It's like, I mean, you really need to kind of look at yourself in the mirror and go is, training with the best competition team in Florida really worth what that's doing to my soul, you know, and and really turning a blind eye. Like, is it worth being able to train with, you know, 15 black belts on the mat? I would rather train with 12 white belts than, you know, in a room like that. So, so what does this do for cyborgs legacy? You know, he's got tons of accolades and he's great at jujitsu, he was building a good legacy. Well, does this change things? Cy- I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Cyborg, I feel like he spoiled. Cyborg spoiled his legacy for me already when I just found out he was a jerk. Much less when I found out he was covering for a pervert. You know what I mean? So, like, when he started losing to Gordon Ryan and he starts slapping him to disqualify himself, like, oh, my, like, you're talking about respect and you act this way? he was exposed at that moment and then he was further he was further exposed at the 80 at adcc when yeah, he lost Nikki to Rodriguez, and he acted like a child if my child acted that way i would be so disappointed in their behavior and then he's supposed to i would i would be so disappointed in them for acting that way and he's putting himself out as a leader and that's the place that he leads from he's he's a jerk Regardless of him being a dirtbag now that cover that's covering for the situation, he was a jerk already, and a lot of people felt that way. And anyway, I, I, I can answer exactly what this does for Cyborg's legacy with two words Lloyd Irvin. What do those two words mean to you now? Everybody knows what those mean. For for people who are around when it happened, he was the OG of sexual scandal in the jujitsu space. And now not only is it forever tied to his name, his legacy, but 
it's it's the first thing that'll come up when you Google the guy, you know. And that doesn't say that he wasn't amazing at jujitsu and he didn't raise great champions. And he, would, you know, nothing about the skills have anything to do with what the legacy is now. And the legacy is now that he was involved in sexual scandals. And that's just what it's going to be for Cyborg. I don't think that there's any way he can avoid it. Yeah, I, I don't know the guy personally. I don't think I've ever actually spoken to him about anything ever. Uh, his legacy is going to be that, exactly like you guys just said, man. He's someone that enabled these guys to get by and put some people in a really bad situation. Um, I think I think his legacy should be the, the cautionary tale for every potential student that comes into martial arts or into jiu-jitsu that – just because you are a world champion level competitor or a black belt, that doesn't mean someone is someone that you should respect and give your money to. Uh, similar to what Brandon was saying about some of the, the cultural problems that we have, that's, that's a greater issue here. Uh, I, I think it's, 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 you got to give your, your students the right to speak up to you. They You got to let them question authority anyway, right? That's what you're supposed to be trying to do uh, is build that confidence up into people. Uh, and so so I hope that I hope that what we can do with this it's again, kind of like you said with Lloyd Irvin, another opportunity for us to try to get this thing right because that you're right that that happened, and there's still a whole segment of the population that still goes and trains with those guys and still thinks that they're the best in the world or whatever, just because they have jujitsu skills or they know how to make systems in jujitsu or whatever uh, and stuff like that. Just because you know how to market to me doesn't make you someone that I respect and someone that I want to kind of be around as a person and a human. Uh, so, so I hope that we turn this into a, a thing to where it's like, just because they're a world champion, that doesn't mean that they're the person that you should learn from. Uh, it, they, they may not be the right kind of human to be leading a, a whole room of people, or in this case, an association of like thousands of people around the world. I'm assuming that, that, you know, I don't know, man, it's just, this thing really bothers me, man. If you've ever had somebody in your life that you love a female that was sexually assaulted as a child you would you would feel a certain kind of way about this i think and uh so yeah i i feel really really heavy about this kind of stuff and and it's something that i would punish severely uh person to person uh and so i hope i hope that this will for all the people that are coming up that this stuff won't be tolerated and and you you better get away from from our uh culture with that stuff so what bothered me the most um was you know we, we've got all the stories right we've got the cover up we've got you know all of this going on but at the end when cyborg's realizing that man the community is not gonna let go of this like he's under fire he comes out with the statement you know and his statement it was clearly you know doctored by a lawyer you know like it clearly like was written by a lawyer but he said something, he was like, look, I've talked to all the victims, I've messaged all the victims, and I've apologized, I've asked if I could help them at all. And every single person, every single one of those victims said they had never heard from him, okay? He had never contacted them. And then a couple of them came out and said that he had finally sent them or their parents a text. And the text was basically copy and pasted and sent to all of them. He couldn't even individualize you know, make them individually and send them what needs to be sent. Like, hey, I have completely screwed up. You know, it is just so clear that he has zero remorse, zero remorse. And it's now we're going to have tolerance. Yeah, it, it, it's tough to, you know, 
think that that's the guy that you want, you know, teaching your kid or you want leading the community. I mean, he's lost all credibility in that sense, but at the same time, his accolades will always be there. You know, he will always be an ADCC absolute champion, but just like a guy like Barry Bonds, right? Barry Bonds is the home run king. He never made it into the hall of fame and he probably never will make it into the hall of fame. And that's cyborg cyborg. He will never make it into the Jiu-Jitsu Hall of Fame if there was one. In most people's minds now, Cyborg is going to be a guy just like Lloyd Irvin that they're not going to want to associate with. I would like to see some harsh stances taken against Cyborg and some of the guys at Fight Sports. Like, hey, you don't get ADCC invites. You don't get who's number one invites. There's going to be a period of time I would like to see at least where the community at least, uh, you know, comes together and agrees that, hey, we need to send a message that this is unacceptable. And one of the ways to do that is to limit opportunities, whether it's commercially or competitively. All right. Let's uh, move on down the list. That was fun, guys. Thanks. Yeah. Now we can get into the serious stuff. A little cathartic, I guess. Yeah. Um, let's talk PGF qualifiers right quick. Um, we're pretty <laughs> let's go. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. We're pretty deep into the qualifiers. Like, I don't want to do it right after that, but <laughs> we got two more left to uh, finish out the qualifying tournaments for PGF season three. Talk to me about the people you've seen, the people you hope to see. Are you happy with how it's gone? What do you think? Success? Yeah or nay? So it hasn't had the participation that I had hoped, but it has had the results. We have produced the results that I was trying to produce, uh, which is we're getting to look at people who we normally wouldn't have seen and who are very – there's some really exciting young talent out there. So Kevin Sherrill just won this PGF Atlanta qualifier, so he's getting into the season. Uh, But there was a kid named Matthew Boyles out there that we're probably going to take too. He was a blue belt. So we're going to probably put him into the draft right here. Oh, yeah. We're going to do a draft. Um, sorry. I forgot. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to do a draft. We're going to figure out a way to do the draft. Um, yeah, and then we got Gio Ortiz, won the one here in Decatur. So that one was super stacked, and it was way more people. But, like, the Louisville qualifier had more black and brown belts, even though there was only eight people. Oh, shoot. We got a new member over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New member. Oh, yeah. I believe we got a new bread eater up in the house. Appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks, Latin Bond. Um, yeah, we've, we've seen a lot of really good talent. And then I think we've also picked up a couple of people that we're going to – we've seen a couple of people that we're going to pick up that didn't make the bracket already. So, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about a, like Kevin and Noah and uh, what, Carlos – from the Decatur qualifier, got Marcus Elkins, Matthew Boyles. So I think there's a lot of guys that uh, Isaac, who's done Isaac's done like 22 qualifiers so far, you know. So yeah, I think we got some interesting talent to throw into the show, even beyond our champions out of the qualifiers. So wait, um, just to to fill me in on things, because I feel like I'm out of the loop on this one particularly, there is like a feeder, like the ADCC trial style to get into the actual show? Yes, there is now. That's badass. That's we a really six, cool idea. We have six qualifying tournaments around the country. We have, we did one in Decatur. We did one on 
we tried to do it on the beach in Fort Myers, Florida, but we got rained out. Uh, so we did it in a gym. And then we did Louisville, Kentucky, and we just did Atlanta, Georgia. On October the – sorry, September 11th, we're doing Jacksonville, Florida. So you can go to pgfhome.com, by the way, to register. But September 11th is Jacksonville, Florida, and then October 9th, we're doing Austin, Texas, and those will be the final two qualifiers. Okay. Okay. That That's really cool. I don't want to step on uh, your – I know you're the promoter of this thing, and you're like the big brains behind it or whatever, but hear me out tag team qualifiers okay no, no, so no. so tag team but one guy gets a sword uh and then but when when they win when there's a winner it's a guy without the sword because he obviously can't bring it into the pgf that actually gets to go in i i think there's something there guys we should work with this alligators anything <laughs> sharks with laser beams on their freaking <laughs> steven let's hear from you you got a guy that they were just brought up isaac he's been at like every qualifier yeah uh dude honestly it's been really cool to see the whole thing like developing through each one of these qualifiers uh and then i, I like brandon said I, i'm glad that you said that because that's one of the things i've thought about too is there's some guys that i thought that were going to be some favorites coming into the qualifying season that haven't shown up since they didn't win their particular qualifier that they went to and i think that probably killed their shot if they didn't keep showing up but uh, someone like Isaac, maybe we, you know, if he keeps showing up, maybe he's going to get to take one of these W's home along the way. But at least, like at the very least, we've seen like tremendous improvement through him and his game uh, at the school. Like as his coach, it's been great to like get to work on this stuff and pick it apart a little bit more specifically uh, with so much feedback. And then the PGF rule set again. I'm I'm really starting to want to dig deep into it, and I think I think we we spoke about it a little bit, but want to do our tournament here maybe at the Mid South is like one of the PGF style tournaments where everyone does matches and it's six for kills and three for breaks. And, you know, you get the extra point for the under minute, I, you, just to make it like a one day event for different weight classes to kind of keep that thing rolling because it's such a fun and exciting, like six minute battle. It's, it's, it's entertaining as hell to get in there when everybody's really wanting to win these matches because everyone really, really matters. If you don't do your best in one, then you're out. So it, it, it's really cool and fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to these Jacksonville qualifiers because I know Brian's been really pushing it. And he's got a heavy squad of like 170 guys that are down there in Jacksonville already uh, that, that roll pretty deep. So that's going to be cool. And then, uh, again, the Austin one, that's going to be a whole other region that, that hasn't really been tapped probably by any of the PGF stuff. That's going to that's gonna bring in a whole new segment of like grapplers and styles and stuff that's going to just – it's just going to feed this whole system, and I, I'm super excited to see what the finished product is going to be like after we get uh, everybody qualified and know what what this season is going to look like. So I have to say that I think the qualifiers have been a big success. There's actually been more participation than I was expecting. Like I know Brandon was expecting 20 at each, you know, at least 20 at each. But, I mean, most of these brackets have been 16, 15, 16 deep, and the Decatur one was like 36 people. And you just can't find that. It's very, very tough to find a tournament that can consistently provide you with the 16-man bracket. So I think the PGF, like the participation, has been a success. But I've been personally disappointed in the talent. Now, hear me out. In season two, we had multiple guys that I was like, man, like, how does the bad guy Elijah Carlton stack up against them? Because we saw in season one 
there were a couple of names, right? We had uh, Hodger, you know, down there at, at SBG. There was this fourth degree black belt. We had a handful of other black belt, Ridge Blackburn. We had Cody Floyd. You know, Jonathan Roberts was a name I kept hearing. But there were guys that you could think could give Elijah a challenge, you know, Nilo. But he just walked through that season. If if the talent doesn't increase in the next two seasons, Elijah, you might as well just write him the check. He is so much better than everybody, uh, at least that I've seen, that, I mean, I just don't think. Like, I think if you take him out, I'd be super excited to see the PGF just because I'm a guy that likes to – I want to see, um, you know, competition at the top. But to me, it's like, all right, we're ba- they're basically going to fight for second, third, and fourth place. And then we've seen some phenomenal performances. David Evers looked awesome. Gio looked awesome. Um, Kevin Sherrill looked awesome. They were very fun to watch. But none of those guys are challenging Elijah. He's easily tapping every single one of these dudes that have competed so far. So I'm hoping to see Jacksonville and Austin, a couple of uh, big heavy hitters come out that are going to be able to vie for that 170-pound throne. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Science. Science. All right. Let's uh, move on. So what, I can ask one question real quick before we move past that. Yeah. Scaff, what is the style of person you would like to see come in that you think would give Elijah the most trouble at 170? Elijah's really good. I mean, look, I'm the announcer, the voice of the PGF. So I, I'm pretty obvious. I think most people know I'm a huge Elijah fan. He's one of my buddies. At the same time, if I'm being honest, you know, I think Elijah's a top-level grappler, but he's not at the top just yet. He's still got a couple of levels he's going to need, a couple of levels he's going to need to get to to be at that top level where he wants to be. And I think he can get there, but he's not there yet. And so it's not necessarily a style of grappler. It's just all-around technique, you know. I think a guy like, uh, I mean, obviously Hunter Colvin was that next level. We saw a guy come in, and while they were awesome matches both times, we saw Elijah give up some weight, give up maybe a little bit of skill against Hunter and, and get tapped. I would like to see a dude like – see, I think like Keith Gregorian, I think that might be a little too high right now for Elijah. I think that might be two steps too high. Mm-hmm. But maybe a guy like, uh, you know, like uh, Andrew Alexander out there or, um, you know, what do you guy think that's about, having uh, success at the black belt level. But not – What do you think about – Sorry, Quentin Rosenswig. He, has he gotten into the conversation? He's, he's a super interesting wild card. He's huge. He's like 200 pounds. Yeah, he's way too big. Oh, okay. Give me a 170 bracket. Oh, I, I just seen, I had seen that uh, Steven here had competed against him. So I figured that there was like an open weight thing. Well, maybe some like Daisy Fresh Brown Belt, you know, that everybody was hyped about. Somebody like that, I think, is missing right now from the upcoming season. Like, there just isn't that guy that's like this wild card that's like, dude, this guy trains at Pete, like, uh, or at Daisy Fresh, or this guy's an Atos guy, or this guy's, uh, you know, like Kamoy was coming in, dude. He had multiple titles. Like, Kamoy was killing it on fight to win on third coast grappling. Like, none of these guys really have the accolades that get me excited yet. yet. We may see some surprises yet. I can't say much. All right. It may be more up the old sleeve. I'm interested. I never Speaking trust a guy with a fedora. 
That's a mistake. (laughs) Shut up, Keith. Speaking of surprises. Smoke weed every day. Sober October's over. Sober October, August. Yeah, we did Sober October, August, and I'm the winner. Is is it the 18th of the month? What type of mathematics is this? They they gave up. They all quit. (laughs) So wait, is Keelan Keelan high right now or not? Because this really matters to the points. Well, no. Okay, that explains a lot. No. (laughs) Uh, Get this man high. They all gave up. You believe that? I'm the winner. I I didn't have to outrun the bear. I just had to outrun... My friend. Your friends. <laughs> Another surprise. Uh, Mount Dominance just dropped. That's on. That's the next thing on the list. What is Mount Dominance, Brandon? That's my new mount course. I'm pretty pumped about it. I'm pretty bummed that I released it the week after Gordon Ryan's. But if you really think about it, would you rather learn from a multiple-time ADCC champion over on this hand, or would you rather learn from someone who barely has command of the English language? Would you rather learn from Gordon Ryan? Would you rather learn from a dirty, overweight redneck? That's me. You've got the, you've got the Alabama audience captured right now. <laughs> I'm like, would you would you rather learn from arguably the best of all time, or would you rather learn from a dude who needs to shave more regularly? That's me. I got. I'm telling you, I got it. But for, hey, it's good. It's a really good product. We put a lot of time into it. We put a lot of effort into it. And um, we got the links. So if you want to just look at it, there's three free videos. There's a link in the description. But if you're like, yo, I definitely want to pick up your mount DVD because that's what uh, was the most requested over the years from people. They all want to see the mount stuff. So if you want to pick it up, it's um, there's a link with a pretty steep discount in the description. You can go straight over there and buy it. Or if you just want to check it out, there's three free videos at one of the other links in the description. So run by and check it out. All right. I got to correct Brandon on something before we pass this topic up because uh, he's doing the typical self-deprecating thing where he's comparing himself to Gordon Ryan. There was a guy once that told me, and his name was Brandon McCaffron, um, just for reference here. He told me that to basically everybody out there who's buying instructionals, you don't need to be Hodger Gracie. You don't need to be Gordon Ryan. You just need to have something that they need. And Brandon has a hell of a lot of understanding when it comes to mount because I've been under it. And what's more is I get people constantly asking me because I love the mount myself. It's a huge part of my game. It's usually where most of my um, my, my pathways end is either in the mount or the back. And usually one leads to the other. It's a great position to learn how to control. But I hear a lot of people saying, yeah, but can you use it in no-gi? Because I do mostly gi and people are like, yeah, but in no-gi I get reversed. In no-gi I'm getting trapped in quarter guard. No-gi, 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 no-gi. This is your guy, okay? This is your chance to get a cheaper version of what Gordon's going to show you anyways from a guy who uses it successfully at every level of the belt system. So I'm, I'm telling you guys, you're going to get, without even having seen it, I've experienced it. He's he's a hell of a mount player, and don't let his deprecation of himself uh, fool you. You're going to get more than your dollar's worth. The discount is kind of a slap in the face to Brandon, and you should probably take it before it disappears because I want to talk him out of it. Uh, but this is this might be his best-selling series because if you can't control the mount, especially in Nogi, 
like you, you're not going to get any further than side control. And trust me, there's so much to do from the mount. And then if it turns into the back from there, it's just, it's a gold mine. And there's some, there's some unusual stuff on here too. So there's all the classics, right? But then I've got a big long section on the punch choke. So totally mm. every single thing you want to know about the punch choke, I got it in there except for Beautiful. my secret punch choke from the bottom because it was out of the context. Uh, but I've also got a, a big long section on the sugar hold, which is not something that's played a lot. It's more of like a catch wrestling position, but there's a big section on the sugar hold. And then I got a secret move called the East West choke that's in there too. Little I'm sold. I'm sold. So here's the thing, right? Gordon Ryan's instructional was made over the course of two days in a cold town called Boston. <laughs> yeah. He flew up to Flow Grappler, or not Flow Grappler, BJJ Fanatics. And he went into this tiny little room. And each hour that passed, his enthusiasm waned. That's how all of his instructionals are. By the time it hits the fourth hour, he's lost the energy, his passion to teach. And he gets really kind of pedantic. And he gets kind of methodical in the sense of, He's just like, oh, refer back to disc one, refer back to disc two. And it's like, no, no, I want to see like how this connects. I want to see you show it. I don't want to go back and forth between the discs just to see it. And while Gordon's stuff is, again, incredible, and he is the best grappler. He is the best pound for pound grappler alive today. He's incredible. I'm not sold on just because he's Gordon Ryan, you should buy his DVD over Brandon's. I mean, Brandon's DVD was was made over the course of months. Months. And there's definitely going to be, as Brandon explained, you know, there's going to be some things that are very unique to Brandon's game and Brandon's instructional, just like there's going to be some things that are unique to Gordon's. And so if you're really looking for Mount Master, you're going to need both because – we all know that one person, right, they can't truly master a position. Like there's going to be pieces that you have to pick up from other people. And if you do not have the punch choke, you have not mastered no gi mount. That's just the truth. You don't have the punch choke, you haven't mastered no gi mount. If you don't have that sugar hole position, you definitely haven't mastered no gi mount for MMA and for striking purses, uh, pers uh, for striking purposes, right? So – Definitely check it out. It is easily the best instructional um, that I've seen visually. I was looking at it yesterday and was just blown away by the lighting and the camera angle. So kudos to Brandon and um, check it out. I would like to point out what Elizabeth said here. It's very important. She said, this is one of our blue belts here, Elizabeth. Liz said, one time I almost had a panic attack from BMAX Mount. And that's something important to note about my product as well, is that I will smash with impunity anyone of any race, gender, everybody gets it the same, right? So, uh, you know, does Gordon, does he kill white belts and blue belts the same? He probably has mercy on them. He's probably nicer than that. But not this, not in this instructional. We'll teach you how to crush every white belt, every blue belt. Man, woman, child, smash into the dirt. So I want to give my my take on this mount instructional as well. I think I'm a bit of a mount aficionado already. Like I think I think my mount's pretty good. That's where I do a lot of good work at. Uh and then I actually had a conversation with Brandon where he was like, Man, you can have this thing for free if you want it. I'll give this to you because you're my homie. And uh 
I just woke up and bought it anyway because I thought it was going to be so much more valuable than just taking something free that had uh, so much work put into it because I know the value is going to be there. It's mounts. Stuff I've been stealing ideas from for about four or five years now anyway. Uh, so I'm going to be excited to have it all in one package and then uh, be able to really dismantle it. That way, next time I come up there, I'll know exactly what to do to stop him. <laughs> Well, that's cool. I appreciate Keelan. I appreciate you putting that in the uh, in the agenda and giving uh, giving me a chance to talk about it. But I appreciate you guys saying nice things. I wasn't expecting uh, a round table about my mouth. That made me feel good. Uh, one time in my Facebook group, though, what I did do was uh, go, "Hey, if I've ever smashed you from the mount, uh, tell your story right here." Like <laughs> like I, <laughs> like all the victims of my mouth speak out, and that was probably the, my favorite day of my whole life. Because all of those, so all many the, names. There were so many names. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. <laughs> what was that last one there, Keelan? The comment Latin bond, not only any race, also any age, even the ones like me, closer to old manhood. That's right. Any, any age, everybody can get it the same. We believe in equal rights. <laughs> all right. Last thing on the agenda. Kelvin versus Jared. There's a UFC card this weekend. I think it's a fight night. We got Jared Cannonier versus Kelvin Gastelum as the main event. Clay Guida returns against Mark Madsen. Uh, what? Y'all excited about any of the fights? If you are, what do you think about them? Start us off, Clay, Okay. First of all, um, Clay Guida is back. Um, isn't he from like... Uh, the last century holy <laughs> shit i didn't know that he could still fight let alone was still allowed to fight talk about old manhood he's 39 years old oh man but okay i'll start with that before i move to the cannoneer thing um i love clay guida i used to love to watch him um he's a he's a wild man he's got crazy hair he always comes out to foo fighters i met the guy once he ran a really cool wrestling clinic um but I don't know why people of that age would come back if they didn't need money to survive. So I hope that's not the case. I hope he's not coming back to, to get like a quick 10 and 10 from his buddy Dana and then disappear again, because he could probably spend his brain cells, what remains from a long MMA career in a better way. So I always, I'm always a little cringy when I see the old crew come back to do it again. Cause I'm like, guys, like you, you should have had a plan in place by this point. If you're coming back for like, just because I think I got one left in me, you don't. You usually don't, and it wrecks your legacy, and nobody wants to see it. We all get sad. Okay, we're still your friends, uh, your fans, and we see you get beat. We don't want to see that shit. So Clay, uh, good luck. Please don't do this again. <laughs> and so for for the Calvin and Cannoneer one, that's a really interesting fight. To be honest, I think that Calvin's got a lot to prove in this one. And this could be this could be the guy to, to do it against. Like it's not gonna be an easy fight by any means, but I, I just picture him more well-rounded than Cannoneer. I think he has more dangerous tools coming to the table than Cannoneer does. I he was a little too busy to give me the coin thing, but we'll just assume it happened. <laughs> he was waiting on the noise. <laughs> on me, I'll go. Uh okay. I'm not super pumped about the card, but I got to say this. A lot of times the cards that look like they're going to be kind of scrubby as far as talent, they end up being some of the best fights top to bottom on the black. Like, a lot of times the 
the main events don't work out so great or like the big names on like right under the main event they don't always work out so great these guys that are scrapping for their place at the table i like watching them so i like a good fight regardless of whether or not there's a big storyline or there's big stakes to it because with a fight for the two dudes in the cage it's always big stakes so I, I don't get too upset when I see a card that's not packed out. Now, does it have that was me, my coin, by the way? That was just latent. <laughs> Continue. Now, does it have me excited during the week to see the card? Not necessarily. I'm always excited to watch Kelvin just because I know Kelvin and uh, he's a nice dude. He's part of the 10th Planet team. And I think people are kind of looking at Kelvin like he's the old dog, sort of. But Kelvin's only 29 years old. <laughs> He's a little kid still. Like, he's he's really not even hit his physical prime yet, if you think about it. Cannoneer's 37. Whoa. He's got a lifetime of regret behind him already. Look at that. 37 and 29. I was right. See, Keelan? So, I think Kelvin is just – I don't want to say he's just getting started, but I think he's just right around the edge of doing his best work, maybe. So oh. – I absolutely love this card. And let me explain why. So, Lindsay McCaffrey hates Clay Guida. <laughs> and so, I absolutely love just talking Clay Guida up time he's on the card because it drives her insane. I love talking about how skilled he is, how good he is fighting, because it drives her insane. All right, so that's one huge aspect of this card that I just, man, I cannot wait for Saturday. It's good for trash talk. It's great for trash talk. And so me and Lindsay, usually we make a lot of UFC picks, and there's, sometimes there's bets involved and just silly stuff. But anyways, super excited Clay's on the card. And the main event. Now, here's the thing. Kelvin Gaslam has been involved in some of the most epic fights um, in the recent years. I mean, honestly – his fight versus, um, the, you know, the champion, Israel Adesanya, was one of the 10 best fights, I think, in UFC history. Just incredible performance. Jared Cannonier, he's a workman, 37 years old. This is his last chance. This is a big fight for the 185-pound division. I think that the 185-pound division has some of the top talent in the UFC, so anytime that we've got two top guys in that weight class going against each other. I think it's must-see TV. <laughs> Lindsay just chimed in and said, Clay Guida sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get a coin for Lindsay? <laughs> this is, listen, I've been going live twice every Thursday and multiple times per week. I'm, I post every day on all my social media channels, and Lindsay never comments, never. And then she hears brought it out. Talk up Clay Guida one time. <laughs> she's like, "Nah, can't can't live like this. Got to say my piece." Clay Guida, sucks. that's my wife. And so, if you're not a Clay Guida lover, then y'all are in the same club. <laughs> I gotta say, I didn't even know this car was happening this weekend. That's that's how excited I was about it. Uh, you can poop on me or whatever, I guess. But I didn't know either. Either. Not too many shows too often now. It's not really what it used to be. Uh, I know you, what you said probably is true, Brandon, a little bit that the guys are 
definitely probably hungrier and there's gonna probably be some good fights on there but at this point in my life i just there's just too many guys to really even get excited about the fights anymore uh so yeah not really super excited not gonna stay up and i may catch like the replays if i hear that one of the fights was pretty good but over here on the east coast staying up until one o'clock to try to catch this stuff Word. And I got some young children. I'm gonna catch some sleep, and uh, I'll, I may catch it tomorrow if I hear that it's pretty good. So, do you guys at this point do you all prefer jujitsu to MMA? Like, as far as like watching, hundred percent. Ooh, that's a good question. I guess it would depend on the format, but yeah, there are some formats of jujitsu I, I prefer. UFC is on on one channel, like a card like this weekend. Not a not a big not a Connor card, right? That everybody's gonna watch, but like one of these where it's like you kind of gotta be into the UFC to watch it, right? Yeah. A card like this versus a who's number one on the same night. Which one would you pick? You can only pick one. You can't you can't picture and picture it. This is assuming that I actually have flow. This is assuming yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, if I had flow, yeah, I would watch that. Jujitsu for sure. Oh, I'm watching who's number one over anything. Um, that the, the UFC could come out, except maybe a Connor fight. So how Why do we get Connor on who's number one? Why Connor so much? Why is he so exciting? Um, I, I just love the um, the aura around it. It's more the aura, like the, the energy. Crowd, of the, it's not necessarily, and I think he's a fun fighter to watch. It's just more, and you don't know what's going to happen, especially afterwards, right? I can tell you, it's for the memes. I get like ten or twelve good memes every single Connor fight. That thing is lit, no matter what well, happens, win or lose. Technical than the actual technical prowess of these fighting athletes. Well, that's what I care about. If that's if I only cared about the highest level of technical prowess, I would only watch the best fighters. But I like to watch a fight. I like to watch human versus human struggle. Like to me, that's the the story, you know. So I don't need to see Nagara fight the best dude in his weight class. I want to see him fight Bob Sapp. And I want to see Bob Sapp pick him up and dump him on his dome with a pile driver and 100,000 dead silent Japanese brothers. I want to see the big shows on. Don't give me 60 guys that are all cut in weight that look the same, sound the same, that are trying to be the same kind of character. Give me, give me something that will get me excited. Give me some characters that I can get behind. Uh, and Connor's not that dude for me either. So I need, I need something else to keep me, like, into the game. And I think I think the freak shows is what I mean. Honestly, it would bring me back to it more if it wasn't such a like decision fest all the time or whatever, where you know what it's gonna be wrestle boxing or whatever the whole time. People getting dunked on. People yeah, I got I got a suggestion for both you guys, Brandon and Steven. It's already a thing. I believe it's been around for like a couple decades. It's called bum fights. If you want to watch some untalented motherfuckers kill each other, this is what you're missing out, man. This is like the real gold content well now listen sometimes i do want to see that there was a there was a street where me and uh keelan and both the elkins boys we would come up here and we would watch what was the name of that one keelan street beefs street beefs we would come up here and watch street beefs and it was it's a, a double entendre because they get to win meat by the end right no i don't think that's correct oh entertainment we're just talking about entertainment <laughs> yeah oh world star what are you talking about that's Okay, I got TikTok. I like to scroll through the TikTok, and you know what's on there? Dunks and street fights. That's all that comes across my TikTok, dunks and street fights. I love to watch people get dunked on in the NBA or in college or high school or wherever, street ball, all of it. 
and I love to watch people get dunked on at McDonald's. <laughs> All right, are we ready to tally up the scores? Yep. Is, that, is that what time it is? It's time. All right. So we have a three-way tie for first. What? Oh, just tell me Scaff isn't in there. I would love to tell you that, but I can't. I'm the only person who didn't win. All right. I'm gonna feel so I'm gonna feel so bad about myself. <laughs> the only loser today. I think I got paid out is because Jitsu. Oh no! Son of a <laughs> I'm out. All right, bye. Canada. Oh. I'm gonna made it. You are a complete loser. <laughs> so Scaff had nine points. Brandon had nine points. And Steven had eight points. Whoa, 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 whoa. But Scaff and Brandon both got pooted on oh. once. Whoa. Brings them down to eight points. Nice. Drew had eight points, but he got pooted on once as well. Just because you don't have a sense of humor. That's not my fault, Keelan. And I can say it now because I don't care if I get pooted. You need to get a little bit more high, my friend, and then this would be much more fun. Talking from Canada where it's legal. More poops. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, I guess we just gotta we just gotta boot this guy for a second. He's out. <laughs> y'all y'all got the floor. All right, I'll go first. Go to the link in the description and get my new mount DVD. If I've ever helped you with the free content that I put out, if I'm I've DVD. ever if you've ever enjoyed any of the programs that we put out here on our YouTube or on the Instagram, if I've ever done anything to help you, I promise you, you're going to love the new mount product. You're going to love it. It'll be your favorite instructional that you own. All right, Scaff, you go. The Nathan Orchard podcast was a huge success. You guys need to check out the grappling discourse. I interviewed Nathan. It was, it's an amazing episode all around from just the way he looks at martial arts to the way that he creates techniques to how he views the world. It, it's truly a one-of-a-kind episode. Check that one out. If you've never listened to the Grappling Discourse, that's the one to start with. Man, oh, y'all just had some stuff to plug. I'm just excited to finally win this thing. I've been on here a few times, and I feel like I've been shut out until today, so I'm just going to flex for the camera and tell everybody you can catch me on Instagram at the Dream 10P. I've got my own YouTube channel. It's called Stephen Aiken. It's right here on the thing, too. I also make jujitsu content. Mine may not be as flashy or as well thought out as Brandon's all the time, but it's pretty good for me, I feel like. So if you like me and you think I should have won this contest, then you should come follow me instead of these two guys. I also do a podcast. I haven't interviewed Nathan Orchard, though, but I should probably do that because Scaps was pretty good, to be honest with you. I really like that. Uh, episode but yeah drew i beat you oh damn Another successful episode of around the mat thanks for joining us yay here's a couple quick commercials smells like bread in here Jacksonville, Florida. The submission-only qualifying tournament for the PGF is coming to your town. The PGF is the only jiu-jitsu sports league that features a preseason, regular season, and a postseason. And season three is open rank for anyone 170 pounds or under. 
If you qualify for the PGF, you'll be automatically added to the 16-man roster, where you'll come to the location and compete for your chance to win the PGF welterweight title. We've got a house here on the lake for all the fighters to stay in. We've got fun stuff to do in the area. And above all, we've got a season full of action-packed, high-level Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Think you got what it takes? Get registered now. Click the link or visit us at www.pgfhome.com. I got great news for all you jiu-jitsu fans out there. Two of the best jiu-jitsu players on earth both released a mount instructional. That's right. All the mount knowledge that you could ever want. That's right. The greatest modern jiu-jitsu player released his mount instructional. And then so did Gordon Ryan. In all seriousness, I'm really excited about this Nogi mount product that we just put out. We call it Mount Dominance. And I think you're going to really like it. I spent a lot of time working on it. It's got class footage, it's got seminar footage, and then it's got some really nice looking footage that we took under the lights. So if you want to pick it up, please do so. Just click that link below. And listen, if you got Gordon, oh, should I get Gordon? Should I get Brandon? Mine's half price.